Oh snap, y'all. You miss me. It's season two of The Intersection. If you haven't been hanging out with us for all of last season, and yes, we're going to call that a season, y'all. We're just going to we'll talk about that later. Don't worry. We'll get back to that. I am Dominique, your host. The Intersection is where we talk about life, culture, faith, and where they all intersect. And I know it's been a while. I know, y'all, but life happens. It happens to us. It happens for us. All the things. Um... Let's see, what have I done this summer? I've been really busy this summer with work. It has been a season of you need to get it together. Um, and that'll we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to the topic. The topic today is reset. Um, yes, you can reset in the middle of the year. You can reset at the end of the year. You can do all the things that you need to do. Um, as you can see, I'm back in the city. I don't know if you can hear, but there are definitely sirens outside. Who knows, it's New York City. That's what we do here. It's Brooklyn at 8 a.m. There's always sirens, horns. It's never, it's never quiet and never sleeps. But I want to introduce a new segment to you guys. The intro segment that we have right now is going to be Eyes, Ears, Heart. Um, it's a space and a time where I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm looking at, maybe what I'm reading, um, what I'm listening to. And then what's on my heart? So like we're gonna that's how we're gonna shift into the, the topics um, this season. Um, expect the season to be only until about Christmas, just so y'all know. You know, prepare your hearts because I had a lot of people walking up to me and like, "Where's the next? Where's the next episode?" You guys are very expectant, and I love it. I love that you. You want more. Um, and if you have any ideas on like topics that you want me to cover, things that you want me to talk about, people you want me to hang out with, friends that you know of mine that are doing cool stuff, which I'm sure some of them will be on this season, um, uh, let me know. You can you know, email us at theintersectionpodcast at gmail.com, um, all that jazz. But we're going to get right into the segment. So eyes, that's the first, sec- that's the first part of this new segment. Um, this summer was like huge for I feel like movies. Like, come on, we got to talk about all the representation that was coming out this this summer. Um, Crazy Rich Asians to all the boys I loved before, both the book and the movie. Uh, blind spotting, just like really big and poignant films, and I think all of them were really good. Uh, I don't have a favorite of those three. Sierra Burgess is a loser is another one that has a lot to do with. Um, representation but it was super interesting because I think we saw this new wave of rom-coms come out which I'm 100% here for like let me explain something to you if you have a cheesy movie that you think is like kind of absurd and you don't really understand why someone would watch that movie give it to me I'll probably watch it just because I simply can Um, but to all the boys I loved before it probably, yeah, I can pick a favorite. That one was my favorite. It's just fun. It's sweet. It's lighthearted. The book is just as good as the movie, but also very different um, for, I think, a couple different reasons. And I have a few theories on that um, I'll share um, a little bit later. But I just thought it was really cool to see people I've never seen before on screen in the capacity that they were in. So for Crazy Rich Asians, having an all-Asian cast, Shout out to all of them. John M. Chu, I'm so proud to like 
haven't watched his films before, he got to have like a feature length film that wasn't about dance. If you don't know who John M. Chu is, he's the director of Step Up. So um, I've, like I said, cheesy movies. I've watched all of the Step Ups, like all, I believe six, but there might've been seven. I don't know. There's like a lot. And I just really, I love, I love his movies. They're fun. And this one was no different. I, anyone who wants to go to Singapore with me, let me know. I, I feel like that definitely is about to be added to the list. It was so beautiful. The scenery, the food looked amazing. Everyone in that movie is beautiful. Everyone, y'all. Like, the women are literally works of art, and the men are, wow. Shout out to y'all. Henry Golding, use a real one. Um, so Crazy Rich Asians was amazing to all the boys I loved before. Ugh. Who's waiting for their Peter Kravinsky? Like, can anyone, can we talk about it first? Like, come on. Um, he was just so adorable. But Laura Jean Covey was also many of us. Shout out to her for being the confident girl that, like, knows she's, like, kind of awkward and, like, doesn't really know how to date and do all of the things. And I feel like in high school we had this, like, expectation to be that like be the girl that like knew how to do everything and she's confidently the opposite direction like she doesn't know what she's doing and I respect that I love that and so I shout out to that whole cast Jenny Han for writing such a beautiful book um to be made into a movie uh the book is also very different than the movie and I think it's interesting because I didn't know that the book was set in Charlottesville. I didn't know that they were set to go to college at UVA. And I think that that's very interesting in this time and place and like having such a stark change to where they're supposed to be in Oregon, um, the West Coast, the sort of polar opposite in political climate and racial climate. And to have a movie that is not about race, but is about race is also very interesting. To all the boys, the main character, um, the protagonist, if you will, is an Asian girl and to have an Asian girl in a rom-com is like it's surprising like and it's not surprising in the sense of like we didn't need it it's surprising in the sense that we didn't have it before um and a lot of people wanted to change that for this movie but you know Jenny Han was like I wrote this for to be an Asian lead and I want it to be an Asian lead and so I'm so thankful to Netflix for keeping that the right way um and, you know, picking the two greatest kids for this film, like, and when I say kids, like, these are grown adults, but in the movie they play kids, or teenagers, and it's, it's, if you haven't seen it yet, it's really cute, I won't give anything away, but Peter Kavinsky, you have stolen all of our hearts, Noah Centineo, you deserve all the things, Lana Condor, you also deserve all the things. So shout out to both of you for having like a pretty stellar summer on screen. Another movie I watched a little bit further in like earlier in the summer was Blind Spotting. If y'all have not seen Blind Spotting, it's not surprising because it was sort of like a limited release, but it was so good. Uh, very layered. I feel like it's a movie that you need to watch more than once to get all the layers of what's happening. But I don't know, like I, the writing in it, um, it was, it was just really good. And David Diggs acted his face off. I, I was like floored. Also, it's really interesting watching 
a theater or someone who studied drama in that way to sort of um, to bring that to the screen. And I think that like that was a really cool way to do it and to have it about such a poignant topic of having a these two these two guys, like a white guy and a black guy who both grew up in Oakland, both very much so love the city and are from the city and are of the city, but like they're watching it get gentrified. Um, I feel like especially my friends that are born and bred in New York, I feel like you guys could definitely identify with this, watching your sort of your neighborhoods and your cities sort of change and shift and maybe not in a way that you like or appreciate or understand. But you know it's a part of the plan and you know that it's a part of what we do and um, and having to sort of move through that space I think is really really interesting you know so I I definitely say it's a thoughtful movie it's a movie that it's gonna make you think and it's gonna make you really want to understand more about what a place means to a person or maybe to people that are originally from there and to like talk to those people and understand where they're coming from and, you know, support local, support things that were already there, not always try and shift and change the climate of a neighborhood because you want it to be, you know, what you came from or what you see in the future. Gentrification is very real and it has very real repercussions on place and people. And so... If you haven't seen Bly Spotting, please go see it. Sierra Burgess is a loser. <sighs> so Noah Centineo is in this too with Shannon Purser. And shout out to Shannon. Um, she did amazing for her sort of like feature length debut. Um, it was a movie that I think is really interesting because of the reaction to it. Um, so all of my friends that <laughs> watched it were like, they either liked it or they didn't like it, but it wasn't for like any of the reasons that I saw on the internet. And I'm sort of a person that sort of watches and studies culture as it's happening. So like, I'm not studying the thing, I'm studying how people react to a thing. I think that's kind of cool. Um, and it had a lot of like different reviews. Like a lot of people were like, it's homophobic and it's ableist and it's, I don't know, fat phobic, which I thought was crazy because I'm like, you do know that the movie's about like a fat girl and it's romanticizing catfishing. So here's the first thing. It's a movie that's recreated from a play called Cerno de Bergerac. And this is how I know, or de Bergerac, this is how I know that English classes are not doing the same thing that they used to do. So... For everyone who thinks that, like, this is romanticizing catfishing, this is a play. Like, this is something that's already happened. <laughs> it happened almost a century ago. It's a super old play. Like, it's not current. It's not new. Also, in terms of romanticizing catfishing, I feel like, personally, just putting it out there, that that's already been done due to the fact that we have a whole show called Catfish. Just, I'm gonna leave that there for y'all. I mean, that was that was extra. Um, in terms of it being fat phobic, I think it's kind of weird due to the fact that, that the girl was plus size and she just sort of felt like she couldn't, like she wasn't gonna get the guy and you know, and all the things. 
Um, the guy being Jamie, played by who? None other than Noah Centineo. It was a break. It was really a breakout summer for him. Um, if you haven't seen him from the Fosters, you know who he is now. He's stolen the heart of most of most of America at this point. I'm sure it's fine. Don't let it go to your head, Noah. Don't let it go to your head. Um, but it was really interesting seeing people say like it was fat phobic and it was homophobic because the jokes that people made about her specifically were like kind of calling her a lesbian. And I and as someone who's been big most of my life, um, I can sort of attest to like that is a fact. Like a lot of people will do that without like like they think that they're joking or like for whatever reason, like it's something that comes in their mind, like, oh, you don't date because of whatever reason and all these things. It's like, this is something that happens. And so I don't know if people didn't know that. I don't know if like these, the younger generation is like, we would never say that. I don't know. But I saw a lot of comments about like how they kept saying those things about her um, or like, and about like transphobia and that type of thing. And I was like, just so you know, these are things. And I think that's kind of the point of this character is that she's supposed to be very flawed and this script is supposed to be very flawed because it feels, it's a movie that feels, like it feels icky and it feels a little like, ooh, that's a cringe. But it's, I think that those things are important. We're supposed to see the cringy parts of life on screen. We're supposed to be the real parts, see the real parts of life on screen. And so I just wanna put that out there, you know, all the things. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, watch it. It's, it's an interesting film, nonetheless. Um, RJ Seiler, killed it as Dan. I want a Dan. So RJ, if you want to come follow me around and be like my best friend and be my greatest competition in life, do it. Love it. All the things. Um, and, t and then the last thing I've been watching is obviously I'll have a whole episode. I will talk about this next week because by the time you listen to this, I will have seen the finale and I could be very stressed out or I could be very okay. But by the time you listen to this, the, the finale of Insecure, y'all, like it came and went. I feel like we didn't even really get a time to like marinate in Insecure because this season felt like very, it was like, it was fuller because we got more information about certain characters. But at the same time, it was like so fast. It went by so quickly. It was ridiculous. So that's one thing that I, I definitely will be, I'll be talking about that next week, of course, for on this, in this here part of the podcast. So get ready for eyes next week. It'll be on Insecure. I promise. Um, what I've been reading, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincaro. It's super, super good. Um, another thing I've been reading is obviously to all the boys. It's so good. I'm super super in love with the books i think you get a lot more detail a lot more like is at stake than in the movie which you know i'm on one of those people that i'm okay with books being very different than the films because i know that like they're not supposed to be the same so there's that so on to ears what have i been listening to all right so this summer we were given a lot you know what I mean? We were given a lot. It was a lot of things. We had we had Drake and Pusha T. We had a beef. We had albums that came out of all of them. We had He Who Shall Not Be Named, but Mr. West, who was who's quasi-canceled and maybe not. I don't know. 
I don't know. Y'all can pick and choose whatever. I just want to make sure that he's he's good mentally and emotionally. I could care less about his music. I didn't listen to the album. If it was good, let me know. Sounds sounds great. We had a Carter's album. Shout out to everybody that has been to the On the Run tour. I you know I love Jay Z and Beyonce. I don't have I love Jay Z and Beyonce coins. So I didn't go to On the Run. I had some friends that went to On the Run. It looked beautiful. Shout out to y'all. I love it. But we also had like a lot of albums that I really loved that I really got into. Um, Dirty Computer from Janelle and A. I saw, I went to actually see the film. I got to go to a screening of that early in the summer. I did go see her at Afropunk. Janelle Monae is all the things. Shout out to her for just being, being her. I almost ran into her physically, like on accident. Like I was walking to the bathroom and I like almost collided with her. She is really as beautiful as you think she is in real life. Just gonna put that out there. Um, I, another EP that I'm really bumping is the Her EP, I Used to Know Her. And here's the thing, I've seen her live twice now, and every time she she just gets better. Her and Daniel Caesar, can we ship them? Can we? Is that a thing we can do? I don't know, maybe. I want to, that's all I'm saying. I, I loved, I loved the EP, it was so good. Her song with Bryson, um, Bryson Tiller could have been, or could, could, something could something. It's fine. It's really early in the morning, y'all. I'm trying to do this. But my brain is just now waking up. But I used to know her. It's, ooh, that one. that one's really good. It has like a Lauren Hill vibe, which is kind of, it's interesting. Like I wasn't expecting it, but it's really good. Um, Lady Lady by Masego is just a jam. Like if you haven't been listening to Masego from like Tadao, um, I don't know what you're doing, but get it together because Masego's album it's a, it's a little bop it's a little bop it's very interesting because it goes from like hip-hop to jazz to him singing there's a lot of sax but there's also like trap in there and you're like so like it takes you places it makes you feel things but I really I really love Masego and then an artist that I've been following that I feel like she's on the come up and I really love her is um, an album called Overgrown by Ivy Soul. If you haven't listened to Ivy Soul like I have for like a long time, then you're like, like you don't know what a big deal this is. But like she she put out two EPs and one like mixtape album um, a couple years ago, and they're so good. Um, she's a rapper out of Philly, so I'm really excited. My favorite song by her is Les Fleurs, and it's the last song of the album. It's, it's just like a good, it feels good. It's slow. It's feely. It makes you um, like want to just vibe. It has like a really good fall vibe. So please check that out. But the album that I really, really want to talk about is Tori Kelly's album, y'all. This album, it also could be the space that I'm in right now. And so we're going to get into that in at, at the heart section. But Hiding Places by Tori Kelly is so good. Like, I wrote about this on my blog. If you wanna, if you wanna read that my article about her, about this album, 
it is, I've been through with Tori Kelly through some things. Like I, when I was in college, I went to go see her at the Bluebird, which is super famous, but super small. And like the line wrapped around the corner, there was no way that we were getting in. Somehow Nashville figured it out and was like, we're going to give you a different venue. We're going to have all these people go there. You can do a second show. It was her and a guitar. She killed it. She slayed. It was amazing. But she was like awkward and like coming into her own still. And like, it was a family operation. And then suddenly she had like Dear No One and she had all these songs and she had like an album. She had Unbroken. And it was like, yes, this is good. I loved it. And it very much so like was they were like it sort of followed phases of my life that I felt were like I like identified with that music. But I think right now where I'm at, just like spiritually and emotionally hiding uh, this album. It's so good from start to finish. The vocals on it are just dumb. I can tell that Tori was wanting to make this album like this was the album that was on her heart right now. And I feel like sometimes you don't hear artists make what they want to make right this second. They sort of make what they have to. But this album, it just, it did things. It changed the game. And so I have to, like, acknowledge her and say thank you for that. I really, really loved it. And just... Uh, I can't wait to see you. I'm going to see her again with one of my friends. I just can't, I can't say enough things about this album. Um, my favorite tracks are Questions, um, Soul's Anthem, It Is Well, the arrangement on the end of that. Uncle Kirk, 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 Kirk Franklin like produced this album and wrote some of the songs for it, but like, it just get to the end. Like, just listen to the whole thing, but like the last song, there's a like, there's a harmony at the end that can like change lives. So just that's for y'all. Go do it. Tori Kelly. Be great. Um, on to heart. Isaiah's heart. Um, and the heart is going to be also about the topic. So this, this season that I've been in or like getting out of and about to go in, um, it has been sort of like a weird time because it's been very, very busy and I haven't really been focusing on anything that has to do with me. I haven't been focusing on my health. I haven't been focusing on like my creativity. So like that's why if you're wondering how like last season sort of abruptly just stopped, that's why. I just wasn't really paying attention to what I needed to be doing to, for me. And then something, you know, September hit and I was like, whoa, we have one quarter left and that's it. And so we have to like reset and do all the things. And also it's really strange because like for those of you that have been listening since last season, you knew that I had a co-host and I love her, Lauren, my co-host. She's doing great. Currently, by the time you listen to this, she is getting ready to go to training for her new job. I'm so excited for her. So for everyone that remembers last season, Lauren was like, I'm working at Trader Joe's and like that was sort of her thing. And, you know, shout out to Trader Joe's because, you know, y'all been feeding me for a year now. Um, but she got a job, y'all, and it's super exciting. So she won't be hanging out with me all the time on the podcast. She might make a guest appearance. Who knows? But that's why also I'm by myself this season. 
um, which is also a challenge for me. Uh, it's really hard to do this, and it's really hard to sort of be vulnerable and put yourself out there. But I think that that's what I need in this season is to like reset and restart and focus on where I'm going and what I have next. So um, the topic is resetting. Uh, and what that means to me right now in this season is reminding myself of the goals that I made at the beginning of the year and then also the goals that I wanted to make for five years from now. Um, I think that sometimes when you live in a city like this and, you, and you're someone like me who has like a lot of friends and I do a lot of things, um, it becomes like everything around you sort of takes precedent and you forget who you are, what you are, and like what the purpose is. And that's sort of what happened in this last season. So it got to the point where I was like, I don't really know what I'm saying and I don't really know what the point is. And so... I had to sort of like, I have to like reground. And so that this next quarter that you'll sort of be hearing this process is happening in real time is um, resetting and refocusing and taking time to myself and not taking care of everyone um, and recognizing that these things, not everything that's happening is a bad thing and like and also you can change at any given time I think that sometimes we think that we have to wait to change or we have to wait to shift or we have to wait to do whatever and sometimes it, we don't we just have to like do and go and start and it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be everything but it's going to be you know like it's okay to re-begin what you, what you, something you thought maybe couldn't have, couldn't have happened before. So I think that right now that's a lot of what I'm going to be doing is just like resetting, going back to like, who was I before I was a New Yorker? Who was I before I was in this position at this job? Um, not that I don't love my job, but like those types of things, like, I love dance. Maybe getting back to that, like, I do want to be healthy and finding things that I love to help me do that better because I don't want it to feel like a punishment. Like, all of those things, I think, are, like, things that we need to check in on frequently. And the more that we check in on them, the more we can hone them in and actually put them into practice. And so, like, putting a lot of what I say into practice is something that's super important and sticking to goals and having accountability and like sometimes saying no to my friends because that's a part of accountability and having your friends be like, nope, you got to be accountable, got to go do this and not making breaking promises with myself. I think that's one of the biggest parts of resetting or like any type of growth or any type of challenge is like, this is a promise that you are making. Pretend you are your own best friend because you should be or pretend until you are your own best friend, maybe depending on which one. <laughs> You are wherever you're at in that journey and sticking to the promises that you make to her or him. Sticking to those things are vital to how you get what you want out of life, fulfill your purpose that you have on in this life. And right now I feel like God is like, you got to get back there. You got to, I got, I got plans for you and they're not where you are right now. So I don't know. 
and you can either do that smoothly and you can do that on your own, like with your own drive, or sometimes you're like thwarted in that direction. I don't like thwarting any of anything. Like, please don't throw me in a direction that you need me to. I could just walk there. And I feel like right now I'm really trying to get centered in where the walk is supposed to be toward the purpose that God has for me. And sometimes that means walking into something that's real uncomfortable. Being on this mic by myself is uncomfortable. Um, I say that because it makes me nervous. I don't know. You guys might be like, wow, she's talking a lot. I don't, whatever the case may be, but it's something that I need to practice. And I know that it's something that, it's a gift that I've been given. It's a, the gift of communication is something that I have for a reason. And I want to do that and honor that. So the way, the way I'm practicing this is last 90 days. Y'all know I love me a challenge, but not like a diet challenge because y'all can have your Whole30 and your keto and your paleo. I don't know what who those characters are. I don't, whatever. Shout out to y'all that can do it. I'll, I'll, I, my, I like need balance in life or else I just fall off the wagon all over again. So last 90 days, um, you know, a challenge to work out more, drink more water, be more thankful, commit to something like this podcast, commit to more writing. So look out for all of those things for me. And also, I think that this really came like solidified when I read You Are a Badass. If you haven't read that book, it's a little hokey. All self-help books are a little hokey. Welcome to life. But it also was a challenge to me. Like I really do think that there are things that we tell ourselves that are not actually true. And there are so many different ways that we like start to believe less in ourselves. But also one of the basis and like the crux of the book is love yourself. And that's how you start to believe that you can do what you need to do. It's like we we're searching for those loves and that love in other places versus like in ourselves and whatever, whether it's the universe, meditation, for me, it's God, for me, it's Jesus. And, you know, having that vertical love is very important, but also inner, like learn to love you, mess with your own shine. We actually literally have that in our apartment. It says something else, but me and my roommate, you know, we some heathens too. It's a part of life. Balance, like I say, we're works in progress. But it's like you really do. You have to learn to mess with your own shine so you don't feel like you have to be what someone else thinks that you should be because that's not that's not what you were called to. You weren't called to be anybody else. You weren't called to be on anybody else's path. And so I tell all of you in this season, if you had some goals in January and you're like, wow, I don't even know who did I think I was? Well, you can be her, her or him again. Like, you can be whoever you want to be. And if you want to get back on those goals, goals, let me know. Give me a comment. We can be accountability partners. You know, slide into my DMs. Do all the things. So with that, I want to say have an amazing start to your 90 days. of the. We have one quarter left. Make Q4 count. Um... And I'm super thankful for everyone that's coming back this season. And if you're new, I'm super, super excited to rock with y'all. Let me know if there's things that you want me to talk about. And I'll catch y'all next week. Um, just so you know, we are on Stitcher and my website, um, thekeysofd.com. And we are also on Twitter. 
um, the Intersect Pod. Or, yeah, the Intersect Pod. Yes, this is correct. <laughs> I have to remember these things. And um, on Instagram, I'm at dcreative, d underscore creative. Um, I'm that also on Twitter. So if you want to just reach out to me directly, let me know where you're at. And if any of this resonated with you, if any of you guys are also in re- resetting seasons and you want to do a challenge, um, let me know. I can send you the information for the last 90 days. I'll catch y'all next week. Bye.